Welcome to Pagan Coffee Talk, a traditional Wiccan podcast where we will discuss topics affecting the pagan community from a traditionalist perspective. The topics we discuss are picked from our magical hat, and the discussions are unscripted. The talk should be led by Lord Chase Knight Smith, Elder and High Priest of Third Degree, and he's joined by Keegan, First Degree Priestess. Pagan Coffee Talk is brought to you by Life Temple and Seminary. Welcome to Pagan Coffee Talk. I'm Keegan, and with me is Lord Knight. And today's subject is... Gender roles and equality in the craft. Are there gender roles in the craft? Well, yes. There's always gender roles in the craft. If we start back at the basics, we believe there are two polarities. We refer to these polarities as both male and female. Male being the active and female being the passive. You could even look at it as the male being the projective and the female being the receptive. These two forces are described in many different ways. Now, when we talk about individual people, we believe that both these polarities exist in each person. Some, the female polarity might be greater than the male polarity and vice versa. It is sort of like that concept of the yin and the yang. In our tradition, when we're looking at people who are going to eventually become high priests, high priestesses, and be working together, we're going to be looking at high priests and priestesses who complement each other. They have to be male and female. Yes. In our tradition, to maintain the difference between the mundane and the spiritual, that role is placed on the spiritual role is placed on the priestess and the mundane is placed upon the priest. Now, in the actual running of the temple and jobs and stuff like that, we do not necessarily think of gender women should be cooking and the men shouldn't. Jobs are done by whoever needs to do it. Right. Regardless of who they are. So if like we're doing a big bonfire, everybody helps out. If we're doing a feast, everybody helps out. Even our priests and priestesses are taught the same concepts on how to run their temple. And those jobs aren't based on gender, but rank? Rank, knowledge, experience. You know, um, you might actually have a priestess that's good at bookkeeping and accounting and stuff like that. And the priest that's not. My doing the bookkeeping might not be considered uh, necessarily spiritual, but who's ever better at it is going to do it. Right. We do expect that that priest understand these concepts, too, because when we're talking about high priest and priestesses in this role, they need to be checks and balances for each other. But when we're talking about religious stuff, yes, the majority of the times the priestess takes on the role of the spiritual guide of the temple and is actually considered an insult to the priestess that she might have to step down from that role to do certain tasks. Why would that be an insult? Because it's beneath her station, her status. If we look over like Britain and the queen there is considered bad form for her to do certain things or have to do certain things. To me, there's a difference between have to and want to. Oh, sure. At a feast, an elder gets up and starts doing dishes. They might want to do it. 
And if they want to do it, that's fine. But somebody going over there and offering the help is sort of expected. On the other hand, high priest or priestess has to do what's best for temple, even if that's doing things that are beneath their station. Yes. Shouldn't be viewed as an insult. No, it's not. When you're talking about that third degree rank, we literally rank things in this order. It's craft first, then our coven, temple, then meeting those needs of our people and our needs and spiritual stuff literally comes down to the bottom of that. Right. Well, optimally. So if someone came in to with you who identified as female but was born a male, mm-hmm. would he be considered priestess or priest? His birth, gender, or what he identified with? Okay, this gets a little confusing because, first of all, when we're dealing with temple in more of a social setting, feast and stuff like that, we're going to treat that person based on how they associate. Okay. We're not going to be disrespectful or anything like that. But when we're talking about a spiritual need, we there are certain energies that we believe in our temple, wrong or right, that men cannot handle. It literally messes with our wiring and can cause more spiritual, psychological, and emotional trauma than anything else. I believe there are other temples out there that believe the same way we do. Um, we're not trying to be disrespectful to these people. We're actually trying to do this for their safety. To us, women are ACDC. Mm-hmm. Because women are able to give birth to men and women, that they have a natural talent to channel those energies through without harming them spiritually. Right. Where men might just be DC. And you're trying to put an AC current into DC, it does not work. Right. It shorts stuff out. Now, them meditating and working with those energies on a lower level might not be as harmful, but when we're talking more intense things, especially when you get up to the rank of third degree, because our third degrees in our tradition are allowed to what we refer to as incarnate, and men incarnating that female aspect of deity is never a good thing. Right. And I can't allow it because I have to protect this person because it will mess with their wiring. Yeah. There are physical limitations upon this. Now, I mean, with that said, don't get me wrong. When we look at women and we say that they can channel those male energies they can. I'm not going to say it's going to be comfortable for them, but there's less likely a chance of damage. It's not an ideal situation when one of our priestesses have to do this. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I'd like to. I'd like to back you up here. Um, in case you get some kickback on this, and I feel like you will. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I mean, I believe what I believe, and 
you know, if somebody else can come out there and convince me otherwise, please do. Good luck. Um, Carl Jung, Swiss psychiatrist, psychologist, Mm -hmm. says, and I quote, a woman can identify directly with the earth mother, but a man cannot except in psychotic cases. Right. So he would back you up on that. And which I understand. I, I know some people would probably sit there and argue, okay, when fetuses start out, they actually all start out female. Mm-hmm. And in cases of boys or the fetus suddenly becoming a, of the male gender, um, is introduced to certain testosterones to mm-hmm. cause physical changes. And I'd even argue that those physical changes happen to the brain, too. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. So that alone, I could see somebody arguing that. But once those physical changes are done, that wiring is completely altered forever. Right. Well, another quote I'm going to give you here from um, John Mitchell wrote the earth spirit it says before civilization sets in the earth is one universal deity a living creature a female because it receives the power of the sun and is animated and therefore made fertile mm-hmm. so to me that says because here's your argument you're going to have is but what makes you female what makes you male besides the anatomy we're going to talk about psychic gender. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, know, with if all I this- feel like I'm a man or if I feel like I'm a woman, then that's enough female or male energy there. It's going to be the argument. Uh, true. Let's get down to a little bit more basic here. We believe there is a such thing as a soul. We also believe there's a such thing as a spirit. Mm-hmm. These two, through certain religions and talks, will often get interchanged with each other. Mm-hmm. Again, my own personal thoughts here. I teach most people that I believe actually that these two things are separate. Right. That the soul is the identity of the person, and spirit is what makes you Alive. Right. So something alive doesn't necessarily have to have a soul. But something that has a soul has to have spirit. Make sense? Yes, that's good. Okay. Now, when we're talking, now, spirit is just that that makes us alive, breathing. It's in dogs, cats, trees, leaves, all that. Right. It's, you know, a pretty universal force. The soul itself is a non-gendered thing. It's the personality. It's the emotions mm-hmm. of that individual. It what make what makes them them? Right, regardless of gender. 
Right. Because even we believe that when you reincarnate, that you might go from female, that the pattern should be that you go from a female body to a male body back to a female body. Right. And that there could be people that are in this cycle for whatever reason, it got interrupted and they should have been in a female body, but they wound up in a male body. Hmm. And spiritually or the soul sitting back going, okay, my cycle was this, but now I'm stuck like this. Oh, that's pretty. I've never thought about that. Now, if you have a soul that's sitting back going, okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where'd you go? Better. There you go. There you are. Now, if you have a soul sitting back. Right. That this could be what causes this conflict of. Identity. Identity. It could be. I'm not saying it is. It just, it could be. Because even this is, you know, even, you know, my teacher, Lord Men, used this argument as to the origins spiritually of gay people. That, you know, they got a little bit more of that feminine energy in them that sort of kicks things off to make people like someone of the same sex. Hmm. Hmm. In which, you know, I tend to argue, okay, could this be what's causing these sudden onset of dysphoria? Because, you know, our modern society and the way things are going on between drug abuse and violence and our scale up of war and stuff has interrupted a lot of people's cycles. Yeah. You mean reincarnation was? Reincarnation was. But it still does not negate the fact that, you know, there are physical limitations upon the body. And we have to look at nature. Why, yes, there are some creatures that are able to change genders. We're not one of those. Right. Even then, and most of those that I've heard about that can change from male to female or female to male in those species, that's normally, there are some extreme circumstances on the species itself to trigger this. Extinction. Right. That for some reason that there was a um, population boom of one gender over another mm-hmm. in either direction. Us as, quote-unquote, humans do not have this problem. So no matter what you feel, no matter what gender you are psychically, no matter what gender you have energy-wise, physically, your body can only take so much. Well, I mean, that's true about everybody. I mean, let's really think about this, all right? There's only so much weight or so much force the human body can tolerate before starting to break down. Mm-hmm. Hence the reason why we do get broke bones and stuff like that. 
I'm sorry, you cannot jump off a building and expect, okay, I'm super strong and my body's going to hold up to this. We know physically this is not possible. Right. While some people might live, it's going to riddle their body in pain forever. There's limitations. There are physical limitations. To me, this is just another one of them limitations. Men or priests channeling those female energies can be highly damaging. But, God, you might have to stop me here. I don't know if I can say this or not. I think it's in the book, so it might be okay, but if it's not, let me know. But you do, and I could be wrong, but priests, high priests do channel the goddess into the priestess, right? <laughs> no. You better get on the phone with these Ferrars, and you better be telling them. No, I mean, that's not the way I necessarily see it or believe it. Okay. All right? So we got to be careful here because we're talking about mysteries about how we actually do this. Okay. All right? Let's move on. Let's just, let's just say that when we call upon our God deity, He's there to protect the passage so that the goddess can be there. Okay. We're not changing channels. Are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. The priestess is not, you know, the priest and priestesses are not changing channels. That same person is still receiving that info. So you don't, there's no channeling between... The roles there? No, again, it's a priestess job. Because according to the Ferrars, right? And you know everything they say is absolutely concrete truth. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> the male will be the conduit for that female energy to enter the the priestess, and then at the priestess will be the conduit for the male to right. draw down the sun as well. Right, but my my thought is is he he's there to just stabilize it, to protect it. Well, here was my thought, and the way the Ferrars say it was, the priest, the high priest, channels the goddess into the into the priestess first, and I'm thinking, wait a minute now, now you got the goddess standing by herself. Right. At the very least, shouldn't the god be there first? Well, that's the difference in traditions. So again, men channeling female energies can be damaging. When we're talking about damaging, we are talking about spiritual, emotional, and psychological damage. So even as a last resort, is that a no? As a last resort, if all else fails, I'm not saying men can't do this. But it's going to, again, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, wear down that person. It's going to wear down the male body. What about the female body? Well, it can handle that energy. It's more like 
you don't necessarily feel right doing it. Less physical damage, less emotional, spiritual damage to that psyche. Mm-hmm. In comparison, um, why it can do it and it does do it, it is not the ideal. It's not something, you know, in our tradition we encourage women to do, but we don't discourage them either. It's something done limited in comparison. But with the males, it's highly, highly discouraged. Yes. Yes. Just to be flat out honest with you, and yes, it's probably going to get me in trouble, is the way I'm looking at our traditions and stuff and tempo, I cannot let a male who is transitioning to a female be a priestess in all rights. Even if they've already trans- transitioned completely? Yes. Now, again, this person inside temple will be treated with respect. They're not going to be treated like an outsider or told, no, you can't even join at all. You can join, you can study, and you can learn, but there are just certain aspects of our tradition that we just cannot allow them to do. That you have to be recognized as your birth gender for certain roles. For certain roles. Now, again, I'm also going to say this. You know, what they do in the privacy of their own home is their business. I'm just going to say, when we come together as a group, I'm not going to allow this. What? Well, okay, so incarnating is a no-no. But what about titles for someone who's transgendered? Would you teach them as a priestess or a priest if they were born male but was trans was um transitioning to female right um, would they be priest or priestess that would be something i would probably have to discuss with the other elders on what we would actually how we would actually handle that wow because on the one hand like i said as far as jobs go we're not differentiating the only thing we differentiate is is that the our priestesses handle that spiritual aspect and the males handle the mundane aspects of a temple. But you're both trained for both roles. Right. To a certain degree. Even though there's certain things the priest is not allowed to do that the priestess can do. Right. But then we're back to we have to meditate and deal with certain things of our own psyche. So I would say that this individual, as they're meditating and going through their own problems and issues through their meditation, that they would find their own balance. Or have I just lost you? No, I'm I'm not lost. I'm thinking. See, I don't want people – I, I wouldn't want anybody to think that this is a problem to be solved, that an individual would find some type of balance within themselves. Right. Just like we all do. <laughs> Just like we all do. Oh, yeah. We're not looking at this as, oh, your, your issues are so much bigger than ours. Everybody has issues. Mm-hmm. 
and we all have to work through those issues. And again, we're not going to ask these people to do, you know, someone who's transitioning to do anything different as far as our meditation and going through our issues than we ask or have anybody else in temple do. Well, it's a good thing. Right. As much as we hate it and we fight it and we complain about it, (laughs) it is a good thing. It is. And through that process, we do find the balance within ourselves. Or that's the plan. That's the plan. (laughs) That's the plan. (laughs) And my hope is that these people would find that balance, too. What about equality in the craft with your different genders? Is there anybody better than anybody else regarding their gender? No. I mean, once we enter that circle, once we enter that sacred space, we're all equals. With different roles. Yeah, with different roles and stuff. I mean, it's just like anybody. Yeah, I mean, when you start thinking about in terms of temple or, should I say, um, tribal settings, Mm -hmm. not everybody can be a blacksmith. Right. Not everybody can be a healer. So people who have a leaning or a better grasp on certain aspects are going to take up those aspects. Right. And bring them to their, you know, conclusion or to an art form almost, regardless of what it is. Be the best you can be. Yes, of that. You know, regardless if you're a man or woman and, you know, your cooking skills, if that's what they want to do to help preserve craft, that's what they're going to do. We're going to encourage them to do that. Master your craft. Right. But in so, circle, we're, we're all equals. So the priestess is no better than the priest. No. I think there's some confusion out there on that. No. I mean, there's just there are two different roles. We're not looking for equality. We're looking for balance. Exactly. Even what I said at the beginning, we're going to be looking at two third degrees to work together who are going to be complementary to each other. But they're, yes, they're equal in status and knowledge. Does that only start applying with the third degrees? It starts applying when you're at first degree. Then when you get to second degree, it's even more intense. Because I, my personal experience with Oswin and myself, I can see absolutely no discrimination there between the two of us. No. No, I mean, it's just the reason. like dirt. <laughs> <laughs> you both treated like what? Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not treated like dirt. No, we're not. We're not treated like dirt. But there is no discrimination between, you know, Oswin and myself that I've no. seen. No, I mean, we're asking you to do the responsibilities and the duties of a first degree. Right. And we're not so, asking you to do anything outside that scope. Right. So it doesn't seem like to me or that I've noticed, that I've experienced, that there is a big difference at all. No. As far as roles or, you know, jobs or. Uh, there is no difference. First degrees are treated as first degree. Second degrees are treated as second degrees. So it's just about your job that you have. Yeah. The what role you best... that you have to play. Right. 
to keep Coven running mm-hmm. in balance. And to, and to preserve craft. Well, what would you say to the Dianetics, mm. who are predominantly female? What do you want me to say? I'm not going to crash on any other sect or any other religion or beliefs. All I can say is this is what I believe, and they are more than welcome to believe and practice the way they want to. Any religion that sits there and goes, ooh, no, this is the way, and you have to do it this way, I'd tell you to run from. Right. Any religion that does not allow you to question or grow, ooh, no. Because you're big on those whys. Yes. Question, question, question. I think we're about done with our coffee. What do you think? I'm done with my coffee. All right. Well, I guess we'll pick this up next week with a different topic. Of course. Me and the Magic Hat will be here. All right. Well, we'll see you later, and we'll chat later. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to Pagan Coffee Talk. I hope you join us next week. We travel down this trodden path, the maze of stone and mire. Just hold my hand as we pass by a sea of blazing pyres. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks. Thank you.